Hi folks, Jed here. When we first started talking about this idea of a series we would call the Oxygen Bar, among the first people I thought I would want to reach out to, to learn from, was Casey Taylor from Achieve Charter School in Paradise. Um, I want to turn out turn to Casey for so many things because she's taught me so many things about charters generally. But there's an, an instance um, where Casey and her the community around her did something that I was just so blown away by that I've never forgotten it. And I constantly revisit it. And then in the context of thinking about an oxygen bar, I realized, oh, Casey's thoughts would be super important to hear today. So I'm delighted to have with us today uh, Casey Taylor, who is uh, the CEO of Achieve Charter School in Paradise. I'll talk a little bit about what the experience was, right? Um, Paradise, as many of you guys know, uh, is the location where these traumatic fires happened uh, in the first 10 days. I think it was November 8th, if I'm remembering correctly, of 2018, uh, where you know an entire community was in in, in, in essence destroyed by by a wildfire. Um, and the stories of people coming off the 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 mountain to get kids to safety, you know, were just so stunning to me. Um, but then after that, just seeing the way that an entire community responded uh, to be able to continue to provide services to um, kids, I've never seen anything like it. I have never seen anything like it. And so um, what was fun is reaching out to Casey and to get the update about what has happened since I've last visited Paradise. Um, and, you know, I think actually there are all sorts of important things to learn from the way that the Paradise and the Butte County community came through that are actually applicable to how all of public education makes it through the challenge of uh, the pandemic. So Casey, thank you so much for being here. And you know, thank you for all that you've taught me over the years about charterness. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for having us. And I'm so glad that you're circling back around because, you know, when we were in the middle of recovery and, and trauma, our emotional trauma and the whole entire town recovery, rebuilding, it was really um, hard to say if Paradise was going to be able to rebuild or not, like if we were actually going to come out of it or not. And three and a half years later, circling back around to see what is actually happening in Paradise is just absolutely encouraging. Um, I feel like maybe Paradise is the most optimistic, hopeful, grateful community in all of the world right now <laughs> because of what's happening here. So, um, I mean, every piece of property has a tractor on it. Every street's got cones because there's workers down there trenching all of the new fiber and PG&E electricity into the ground. Paradise is just growing back into this beautiful community that we almost I mean, couldn't even have imagined it ever being. And so this is the perfect opportunity to talk about how to take advantage of a traumatic situation and come out stronger actually on the other side. And so um, folks are asking us all over the place to come relate our journey from coming back from the Paradise Fire to the COVID pandemic. And it just, it relates so well. A couple of years ago, when I'd go talk to other communities that were dealing with wildfires and they were um, just asking me lessons learned, and I just, I didn't have them yet in my head because we were mm. still in that like tunnel of darkness, just looking at the light at the end of the tunnel, hoping that it was actually, we were going to get there. And when we got there, there was actually going to be a light. Um, but now that we are there, um, you know, I would say that it, the hard work was so, so worth it. So my message to, to school leaders dealing with pandemic and trauma, 
would be really focus on the opportunity that you have to experience something called post-traumatic growth. So it's research-based. Um, if you actually do really good intentional trauma recovery um, and provide support for your people where you learn to recognize your triggers, the trauma that you've gone through, the way that you're feeling, and then have a bunch of tools for self-regulation, and also when you do that in a community, you actually hmm. come out of the trauma and the situation stronger, more resilient, more hopeful and optimistic. Um, and that is certainly what we're seeing in the community of paradise and what we've seen with um, our staff and our students. Um, so I, could, I mean, I could go on and on about it forever, but I've also got two brilliant educators who are oh, terrific making a great um, difference in our community too. I want to introduce Mary Cox. She's the executive director of Core Butte Charter School. Um, and Mary was like, not only did she have a um, center in paradise that burned, she had a whole huge school in the city of Chico where we all landed after the fire. And she just like with hmm. welcome arms, pulled all of our charter schools in and provided so many resources for us. So Mary, um, if you had to share like, what would you what tips would you give folks for coming out of trauma well i would say our number one thing that we accomplished here in butte county was to turn a great struggle into great strength we took this incredibly um difficult situation and because of our close relationships with each other we were able to hold each other up through the time i think of a story um you know when I pulled everybody into our center here in Chico, we had, I think, six charter schools worth of staff and students at our center, um, or worth of staff, I guess I should say, the students came later. Um, but in the beginning, it was staff along with trauma counselors. And I remember one time a leader stepped out of her meeting with her staff and said, what do I tell them? And I just remember us as a team looking at each other and saying, okay, this is what I would say. This is what I would say. And really just holding each other up during a time, as Casey said, when sometimes you're in this tunnel of not being able to see beyond the moment and relying on people around you to actually help you in that moment, lead your team and your staff. So that's what I would say is probably the number one and highest quality thing is those relationships and being able to trust and build each other as a team. So yes. I want to oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, keep going. I was going to say the other piece of that that was huge for us is, you know, you know, they always say tragedy brings unity. You hear that heard multiple times. And what happened in the Butte County area and with Paradise is Paradise was never alone. You know, Paradise didn't do it by themselves. Chico, Oroville, all of our local community, U County Behavioral Health, our Sheriff's Department, our, our county offices, we all rallied around Paradise and our students and our families in the community um, who were hurting and provided so much opportunity. So everybody stepped up to serve meals, to house families. I don't think you could have asked anybody in Butte County who would have said they were not housing another family or feeding another family or volunteering at an event during that time. So it definitely brought us together as a team and that's all founded in those high quality relationships. Totally. Speaking of that, I wanna introduce mm -hmm. the Achieve site leader, Principal Steve Wright, who was the principal during the fire, still our, our site leader in our Chico school. We've moved back to Paradise, but we kept our school in Chico. Um, and Steve had a huge impact on keeping our school community together during that time, which is so interesting because some of the same skills and techniques and tools that we used 
to keep our families together during the fire when people were evacuated across the country. We went right back to during COVID. Um, so, so we had we had a whole new set of tools. Uh, Steve, I'll turn it over to you. Um, How do you keep our school connected? And what advice would you give to school leaders? Well, just to tag on what Mary was saying, those relationships, like that's what it's all about. And there's so much research even about um, healing trauma through relationships. And I remember those days over at Core Butte, Mary, and I was <laughs> into that, right? So I was also, um, you know, we lost our home in the fire, as did Casey. So I left from whatever house I was staying at that day. I don't mm-hmm. remember because we bounced all around and came and you took care of us. And it did make a huge difference. And we were able to actually at one point take our staff into a little room over at your school. And that was the first time that we got to start like just gathering together. And as a school that just like we really pride ourselves on relationships and having this family atmosphere, I guarantee every single staff would say we've never had as deep of relationships with students as we had that year after the fire. And then also these last two years dealing with COVID because Mm -hmm. we had to employ all these same strategies. Like I remember we, you know, when we were um, in March getting ready to magically go to distance learning in 2020, the staff was saying, what do we do? Like, what do we do on Monday? Like it was, we're having our Friday staff meeting. We just said bye to the kids and Monday there's, they're not coming back on campus. And I said, I don't care what you do next week, get a hold of every one of those kids. Like it doesn't matter. We'll do math later. Right. And because of that, those connections were so deep. And then the connections just got stronger and stronger. Um, the idea of post-traumatic growth is amazing. I, I had a student in my office this week. He's been at our school um, since January of this year. So brand new to achieve and I was talking to him and I said, what's this, what's this roadblocks? We're trying to make a plan because he's having some struggles. And he said, the thing that's stopping me is my PTSD. And I was like, man, I, I get it. I hear you. Have you ever heard of this? And I wrote down PTG and he goes, what's that? And I said, post-traumatic growth. And he said, I want that. Like that fact. He's like, don't tell me. He, he was a sixth grader. He didn't say what's post-traumatic growth. He's like, I want that. So mm-hmm. yeah, those relationships are what healed everything. Yeah. Stephen, it's so striking to me. I mean, you talk about um, we went into a COVID situation where the school had to improvise something over a weekend. Yeah. If I'm remembering right, um, you improvised keeping community meetings going immediately after the fire, right? The fires are on a Thursday. Yeah. And you literally had via Facebook um, community meetings after the fire on Monday. Is that correct? Yeah, and it was super interesting. So we start every day at Achieve with a morning assembly and all of our students gather together and it's about 10 or 15 minutes long. We talk about our virtue of the week, current events, we celebrate birthdays, and it's like the hub of community at our school. So um, Thursday, I drove off the mountain with kids in my car, just like you were saying, Jed, like I did that. Mm -hmm. I had students in my truck. Friday, we were doing what Mary said earlier, like we were driving around paradise. I was looking for a place for my family to, to stay on Friday, like not live in the coming weeks, like where to stay that night. Right. Um, so and I stayed with another staff person at our school, like mm-hmm. lived in Chico. Monday morning or over the weekend, I was like I was telling my wife, I said, I think I need to do a morning assembly. I had I don't know if I'd even done a Facebook live before. I don't think so. And it was super traumatic. It was really emotional. I got on there and it took like everything I could to pull it together. By this point, I was down in Fresno at my brother's house. We found a little flag somewhere in his house because we do the Pledge of Allegiance as part of just that morning assembly every day. And that was like a little bit of routine that we could all just hold on to for a minute. And then I picked a virtue of the week and it was something about coming together. And I don't remember exactly what the virtue was. 
and my nieces and nephews were sitting around the living room. My daughters were sitting around. My parents were there who are also, you know, homeless at this point because they had lost their house and they all sat around the living room. They did the Pledge of Allegiance. I did a morning assembly for that group. And the thing was, is so many of our students and families ended up watching that in the, throughout that day in the coming weeks. And I just did them every single day and started bringing on more teachers and everything. But the cool thing, like Mary was talking about with community was so many other people started watching those too. And so for a brief period of time there, our morning assembly was a community morning assembly. It wasn't just an achievement morning assembly. And then same thing right after COVID. I mean, there was no question in my mind. Now, by that point, I knew how to do it. And, and um, this is before we even all learned Zoom. I was just like, we'll just have a morning assembly on Monday. I don't know. The kids are going to, they're going to know to get on that. Like the parents knew that, you know, send an email over the weekend. Like um, there was just no question at that point that we would continue that tradition through that time. So, I mean, super proud. Like I think Casey, since 2005, probably November 9th is the only day we've ever not had a morning assembly. Probably. So. Casey, I was thinking, I was thinking about, you know, what you were sharing with me at, at one point separately, which was that there were these times when you were sh sharing with people, oh, we're going to get through this. Oh, don't worry about mm -hmm. it. But you had this kind of sense of, of, of doubt, actually. Right. And now you have this moment of perspective where it's just completely different. And I, mm -hmm. I, I'm just positing, you know, what 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 Stephen has just talked about is the importance of community. Right. Mm -hmm. But the thing is that the Achieve community was so strong to begin with, right? That there was something really strong to lean on, to depend on, right? And in so many other public schools, unfortunately, that sense of community, that intimacy, that connectedness, right? It just isn't there, right? And, and if you're in a charter school organization or any educational organization going through a sense of trauma and you know you have that strong community pre-built, should I mean, it seems to me like that should be something that should give people a greater sense of confidence they can come through this. But okay. I don't know. Any thoughts? And, and Mary, some of the things that you did in terms mm -hmm. of community hosting based upon things that had been established before the fire got started. I'd love to hear what both of you guys might have to think about that. Well, I say lean on that. And, and Mary and I have actually done a couple of workshops before COVID happened on like preparing for a disaster. And our number mm -hmm. one thing that we would tell everybody is like build strong connections and relationships right now. Don't wait for a disaster because that is the right. thing that get you through. And I would say, you know, we were super lucky here in Butte County that we had already developed a very, very strong um, charter school leader network. And so for us, when that happened, we were actually already in such tight relationships and such um, really understanding of each other and who we were and what we needed, that we were able to step right in as a community, charter leaders who were impacted directly by the fire or those who were impacted secondarily. So absolutely build those relationships now now for anything that happens in the future and even through covid we've continued to lead weekly charter leader meetings locally in which we're supporting each other regularly on how to interact and impact and bringing in county offices and local um, school districts and experts so absolutely continue and focus on those relationships locally and that's part of that post-traumatic 
growth stuff where things that we learned from going through tragedy, you pop right back up and use the next time you're facing another tragedy or another situation. So, I mean, it was a total super quick turnaround for all of us in Butte County. And it achieved with our teachers, the second we had to go on distance learning, our teachers were like, oh, huh, we can teach kids while they're at home. At least they have a house, right? We didn't yes. know how well where we were teaching kids. Like this is nothing. And so you, we saw post-traumatic growth on from our staff, like right off the bat. Well, it's the it's also just the culture of agility that we again underappreciate how important that is. If you've been having worked within public schools that didn't have the same agility, right? I can't even imagine how I would think of dealing with a trauma like this. But but you guys already had this spirit of we got to do things quickly anyway. I'm, I'm thinking about. You know, it's it's the fires happening, and then I'm thinking about Margaret Fortune and the team from Fortune. I mean, I, what do they have? Do they have 25 people come with vans and everything? And they're doing this <laughs> in like a matter it. of like <laughs> a matter of like three days, right? Um, but the culture of agility is often as important as the agility itself when moments like this um, happen. But we sometimes forget the fact that oh, we actually have this asset, and it's actually going to be of more value to us than we might even appreciate as we go into a moment of real challenge. Well, it's the nature of charter schools, right? Yeah. To be able to be responsive to your community. I mean, that's our bread and butter. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. At the same time, while well, we're just taking punches from everybody, you know, um, <laughs> teachers unions and, and the state and legislators and all that kind of stuff. And like, we just bounce back up and, and turn course and, and go this way. So if anybody has the opportunity to come out with a stronger organization, students who are like superheroes ready to change the world it's the charter community yeah i was just going to tag on to that and and the charter community and then charter school staff because we're used to doing things like this so there's jokes about charter schools like you know running classes and closets and things like that just using every little space on these campuses that are not always traditional campuses we've done all those things like we have had in the past classes in a class in a closet so when we landed at this church where we had to just put a whole third grade class into what had been the week before a janitor's closet our staff just did it like nobody asked any questions they just jumped in there and made it happen and that's that i think is totally that culture of agility you're talking about jed yeah right after the campfire we adopted a saying pivot and punt and it has been our motto for the last three and a half years pretty consistently. Every new thing from the state or the COVID or any of the um, adjustments we've made, it's constantly like pivot and punt, pivot and punt. We got this. So. Steven, one other thing I can't help, you know, um, want to ask the question, seeing the guitars that are behind you, because if I recall, it may not have been on the first um, community meeting post fire, but within the first two or three, um, there you were. I think I remember seeing you in front of a Starbucks with your guitar, if I remember. And I think that's when, you know, I, this, it's, it, it's your third Facebook, you know, po- uh, yeah. uh, po- post. And that's when the CCSA staff, do you know what that dude, Steve Ryan, is doing up there? I was like, no. And then they're recorded. I go, but what's, what, what just came just oozing through was the heart that you brought, you know, even in that kind mm-hmm. of sterile Facebook type thing, the music and all of that. I was there for you guys also on your first day in in, in person. And what is it? You and your guitars, right? Um, I mean, can you just talk a little bit about, you know, just how do you, just how do you, how do you bring the, the, the heart like you do over and over again? 
yeah, we rocked out that first day. That was fun. I mean, once you're doing church or school in a church sanctuary, like you have good speakers and all kinds of stuff. (laughs) um, It's just one of those things that music is a big part of what we do at Achieve. It's not really like a music based charter, but we just happen to have a lot of staff that enjoys music. And it's been something that's been important really since the start of Achieve. And, and yeah, we just had like, I don't know. I think there's something so organic about music. There's something about folk music in particular that's just about people coming together and, and playing music and doing it together. And that song that we did out in front of Starbucks is one of our favorite songs to do as a school. And it's We All Need More Kindness. And it is a um, an audience participation song. And we did it on Facebook Live and we asked people on Facebook Live live during the thing what what do you want us to put into the song because you you replace kindness with love and compassion and sometimes the kids say silly things like puppies or whatever um and you put it into the song we just did that on facebook live i know it's just those little things i think what it is jed like i mean it's not just music it's just taking that thing that you care about and being vulnerable enough to share it with other people and that's what brings people together like let them know what your heart is let them know that you're struggling too. And then everyone just comes together. Absolutely astonishing. Well, listen, th- this has been just a, a fantastic conversation. I, I, you know, I could go on for a very long time, uh, ask more questions, but I think in terms of sharing, you know, with our viewers, uh, just what is our reasons for confidence that we can actually come through a trauma and, uh, and experience growth rather than just pure stress. Uh, I mean, I, I just appreciate so much all that you guys have done and all that you've shared. I mean, Casey kind of rolls her eyes. She's heard me say this so many times, you know, there's only one way to improve (laughs) upon paradise, right? And that is, you know, to open another charter school there, right? But I think we found another way to improve upon paradise, right? Yes, keep opening more charter schools there, but also tell the story of paradise, right? Mm -hmm. Because in, in right now, the story of paradise, there's the story of hope. And, you know, I think the charter school movement is born of this notion of hope. It's incredibly difficult what we're trying to do, but we think we can actually make public education better for thousands upon thousands of people, right? Uh, and you guys are doing it and you're doing it as a community, right? So all I can say is thanks for being a part of the oxygen bar discussion today. Thanks for all that you're doing. And, you know, if there's anything that, you know, Jed Wallace and Charterfield can be doing to help you guys even more, you just let me know anytime because you know, you always have us at your back. Thank you so much, Jed. We really appreciate it. Thank Thank you. you folks.